Epic and then you just don't get to do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it needs must, I suppose. It's bleak. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so we are uh, one day late to the party. We usually record on Sundays, but uh, we are here for episode 210. No Craig, uh, because we decided to record today instead of yesterday. Um, and I was beyond ill yesterday. Uh, I know I'm probably sounding rough down the mics, um, but I was even worse yesterday. So uh, Craig is working, working hard. Uh, to provide a living for his lifestyle in Chicago. So, Adam, <laughs> how are you? I'm doing all right. Yeah. Uh, it was, well, we battered Chelsea. Let's face it. I know the scoreline doesn't represent that, but we battered Chelsea. And that's, um, I think I said to you, you know what was interesting? I feel like, and this is, there's a lot of recency bias in this comment, to our two possibly like most felt like simple like worst opposition we faced uh, most dominant performances from us have frankly been against Spurs and Chelsea I know obviously we know what happened at Spurs we deserve to win that game comfortably it's amazing that we can go to these teams who are you know before the season consensus top four top five football teams in London and um we can outplay them com- comfortably outplay especially Chelsea uh, unanimously outplay these teams. Um, no matter how much dire straits they're in at the moment, we're in a we're in an incredible, incredible spot. Yeah, it did make me giggle. Uh, Bournemouth beating Spurs, um, and Spurs still got a little bit of help because it was absolutely offside for their goal. Harry Kane was stood right in front of the ball, um, and they still got beat three two, uh, which just goes to show that Spurs are really not a very good side at the moment. Um, it took quite literally the entire refing team to dictate the result of the game last week. Uh, and even though they tried to be a little bit more subtle this week, Bournemouth, Bournemouth <laughs> still beat them three goals to two. So well, we're just going to leave them to it, I think. <laughs> we've said this, though, of, of the sides we've faced recently, <clears throat> uh, the, the last side I'd want to face is Bournemouth. I think they're playing really well on the uh, Gary Neal, right? And uh, w- way better than Spurs and Chelsea are. To, to, if you just look at you know, dots on a screen playing football and you don't know the club names, Bournemouth are the better team out of that lot. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Spurs are four points ahead of us. We do have the two games in hand, but it is worth noting for those people who are talking about our games in hand at this point, uh, the easy ones have gone. Uh, It is not like we're playing Palace or someone else. Um, Our two games in hand we have now are Manchester City and Newcastle. Uh, <laughs> Newcastle away as well um, which is an even different kettle of fish uh, compared to normal so those two games in hand are very much not considered gimmies um, we'll be lucky to get anything out of either of those uh, we're obviously going to be, be hopeful but um, I think we're probably self-aware enough to know that going to Newcastle is going to be a very tough ask uh, and then obviously playing Manchester City is by Manchester City um, but we didn't have those problems this weekend uh, we faced a Chelsea side coming back to Stamford Bridge for the first time under Frank Lampard 2.0. Uh, he had uh, been on the back of two defeats, one at Molyneux and then one against Real Madrid. Uh, always tough to tell at Wolves. You know, people were trying to give him the benefit of the doubt. And then obviously it was a total free hit uh, against Real Madrid. Um, not so free of a hit at home uh, against the team that they had essentially spent almost £200 million pillaging over the course of the last 12 months. Uh, 
Chelsea very much expected, didn't it? You could hear from the atmosphere from the very beginning. This was a game that Chelsea fans expected to be the beginning of a turnaround for a, like, a better end uh, to this season than they've currently been experiencing. Yeah, but uh, this one this one feels good, doesn't it? Uh, it would have been nicer if Potter was in the dugout, wouldn't it? Uh, because uh, a, It really would. Even just Bruno in the back. Someone in there. Would have been nice. Yeah, like wheel out Win Stanley or something. I, I just want to see a face to get angry at. Uh, yeah. <laughs> at the same time, I mean, they're just, it's just, I, they are, you have to balance this, right? Because I think we're, we're obviously, we know we know how good we are. And now everyone else is is beginning to start see that, seeing that. Um, uh, Chelsea are diabolically bad. And and I think you can gauge a side, at least when, when they come up against us, how I, I gauge how decent a side is at the moment is fundamentally like how energetic are they how much are they pressing how well do they not buy into the whole style of deserve which is you come and you know, try and push on us and we're just going to beat you uh to a pass and then start to play out from the back like are you gonna are you gonna get baited into that and chelsea got baited every single time that they is uh, they didn't they didn't seem to get the memo it's like they did no prep for this game at all it was like hold on what should we do against this Brighton team and how they set up? Oh, I don't know. We'll just figure it out. And that's what it felt like we were playing against. And it's another one, a bit cliche to say, isn't it? But they were second to every loose ball. Uh, they they basically just really didn't seem like they could be bothered to play. And it's a, absolutely didn't seem like a team that was... It's, it's just the thought of them trying to threaten Real Madrid is laughable. I'm absolutely laughable. Um, but... Uh, up until really the last what ten minutes, and I think Deserbi came out after the game and said, like, you know, we could have been better in the last ten minutes. It felt a little bit worrisome at the end there. Gallagher was showing signs of being, a, you know, he looked like their best player, quite honestly. Yeah. Outside of that, it was absolutely comfortable, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, when that goal went in, though, um, and we've got some stuff to talk about in that first half an hour, forty minutes, really. Yeah. Um, and let's talk about that first goal uh, because at that point. Like I said to you guys, I was like, we're, we're, we're screwed. Like, we're not making Europe in this space. Like, we are cursed. We are actually cursed. After last week, where the rest did everything they could to victimize us, it's now just Lady Luck herself has just said, <laughs> nah, like, get bent, guys. Like, I'm going to, Gallagher's going to take a shot that's going bottom right hand corner that Sanchez has covered comfortably. Uh, and it's just going to careen into the bottom left hand corner. Uh, well, I suppose top in a little bit because it just looped in, didn't it? Uh, I'm just going to loop it on the total opposite side of the goal uh, and give Chelsea the lead. Um, first things first, Sanchez back into the squad. Mm. Uh, still injured, so he was not in the squad whatsoever. Uh, and then, of course, Levi Colwell out, Webster in. Uh, Colwell was not allowed uh, to play, obviously, because he was parent club. Um, and Veltman came back in at right back. Uh the goal itself was just came from nothing, didn't it? Like, how, what on earth was that all about? Like, Mudrick, like, I, I although I will, do, will say I have enjoyed a lot of people, Chelsea fans on social media talking about his run being, like, world-class. And, like, all he did was, like, run diagonally uh, and then get a pass off. There was no... It was. It really is like the standards for Chelsea fans have dropped so low, haven't they? At this point, well, I do like what's come out afterwards of the fact that it seems like Todd Bowley's like genuinely now like going into the dressing room and and trying to get them all g'd up. And oh, uh, 
it just seems like a, such a horrendously run club internally. Like it's absolutely f- a fetid swamp in that place, and it's lovely to see. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't care. Mudrick seems I, I don't I don't really care about his future. But yeah, it's funny that they're clutching at straws for anything like mildly good to come out of it. I mean, I I, w- I would not swap Mudrick for Matoma. Uh, and I know it seems weird to say that, but if you look at valuations of these players and ages and all this, I, I wouldn't do it. He just he looks like a little pace merchant, doesn't he? For my, for the most part, it doesn't doesn't make intelligent runs like a Matoma does. But yeah, their the goal that came about it was just stupidity, wasn't it? And I think we were talking because we were we had a few good chances early on. I mean, we'll, we'll probably chat about the Pulisic handball shout, obviously, because it wouldn't be a week of football with Brighton if there wasn't some kind of controversy involved with refereeing. Um, but, I mean, it was just, it was one of those ones where you just thought, is it going to be this whole situation again? Are, are we, as you say, actually cursed? Because it comes off, what is it, Dunk's leg and inside foot or something stupid? Yeah. Um, the resiliency that we said over and over again with this side and its ability to come back um, that we hadn't seen prior to this point, prior to Deserby, is incredible. Um, and I, I always used to feel like when we win a goal down, we're screwed. Now when we concede, I get frustrated, especially under circumstances where it looked like we should have been one or two up. But I always believe that this team is going to come back and do something. And, and, they, and they prove that right almost every single time unless you've got you know the stockley park mafia that have really really tried to figure something out to completely screw us it's it's incredible yeah i mean we'd had 70 percent possession prior to that goal um we'd just absolutely battered them uh for that first 13 minutes really uh you would not think that that was a home game much less a new manager bounce home game at all um can you get in the air can you get a new manager bounce with frank I know. Like, I feel like it shouldn't be possible, really, because like, it's just the same new manager, so new boss, same as old boss, sort of thing. Um, I, do, I, can't, I, I know. I know. We obviously want to talk about it. It's, it's so fascinating to talk about Chelsea at the moment, though, because it's it's like watching the most catastrophic car crash. But I don't even. I can't even think of an analogy that makes sense because it's like a car crash <laughs> that you can't help but watch. But you're you're vested in it because the person driving the car, like slept with your ex or something like that's what it feels like because they come and as you say pillaged i think is a great word they they intentionally came in and ransacked brighton and hove albion and now they are in turmoil like we have to uh, you just have to wake up and just think every time after this after battering them earlier on in the season battering them here quite frankly outside of the scoreline it's just it's glorious i'd take this over smashing palace uh, after everything that's happened, I th- yeah, and uh, that was that's been a pretty common sentiment, I think, across Albion fans this year. Maybe as the years go by, it will fade away again, uh, possibly even as soon as this next season coming. But for this season, I've seen a lot of sentiment that battering Chelsea is as, as almost or as is uh, important as as beating Palace this year, uh, which is quite lucky because we've actually took four points off one and six off another. So we're having a good time, whichever way you feel. Um, Mikey in the chat, uh, it's his Hogwarts legacy save that has caused us to be cursed, I guess. Um, you're a bit behind the times, Mikey. That was, that was so three months ago, mate. Um, <laughs> come on, mate. We've all completed it now. We're moved on. Um, in terms of 
Well, no, we'll get onto that actually. I see Mini Wheat's comment in the chat. We're not going to do that yet. Um, talking about off-season targets, um, we can talk about that shortly, but not right now. Um, Sanchez, do you think he should have saved that goal? I don't think Steele would have saved it, so I don't care if Sanchez does or not. I, I, I'll, I'll answer the question differently. I think I think he broadly had a good game. Um, I've got no qualms over Sanchez being as a shot stopper and his distribution was decent. Uh, yesterday, I get confused at this point, uh, on Saturday. Um, I It's nice to have him as an alternative option. Um, I, don't th- I don't think he comes back and... St- I know there was talk about Zerbi starting him in the FA Cup, though. So he might actually play against Man U, especially if, if Steele's not back. I fully expect Steele to come back for the next game, which is Forest, I believe, away. Yeah, that Wednesday. Yeah, right after the FA Cup. Um, yeah, I don't think he would have saved it. To be fair, uh, and I don't, I don't really hold Sanchez too much there. I know Mikey saying that he thinks he could have saved it. It, it looks like he was halfway through his starting spring to the left, uh, and then pivoted as much as he could. And he got wrong foot. It's deflection. It you yeah. can't like. It's just so. It's just a <laughs> stupid, unfortunate, silly thing. But I don't. I really don't think many keepers save that. And if they do, that's we can't afford those ones. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Um, in the in the other in the other side of things, uh, talking about losing steel, we then promptly lost Joel Veltman uh, at just before half an hour. Um, Pascal Crowe slotted into right back, uh, and Julio Enciso came on. Very attacking substitution early on, wasn't it? I know there wasn't a great deal of options off the bench defensively. Uh, we all kind of can see that and acknowledge that there wasn't a huge amount of chances that we could take there. Obviously, we had uh, Offia um, and Van Hecker on the bench, but would have been a really hard ask, really, I think, for Offia, who's not someone that's even often on the bench uh, and has been playing at centre-back, I think, most of the time, though, whenever he has showed up. Um, Veltman is definitely out uh, for the FA Cup, as is Ferguson, uh, who promptly went off about eight minutes later. Um, we now lost Sarmiento, Veltman, Steele, uh, Lalana. Modas just came back into trading, uh, and obviously Ferguson as well. Um, this is a really good example of why, if we do make Europe, we have quite a lot of activity to uh, to be anticipating, don't we? Uh, because the strength in depth is already starting to become quite scary, especially defensively, uh, with just a few knocks. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, how many times have we said in recent memory, squad depth, squad depth, squad depth? Lamptey as well, of course, Stephen. Yeah, yeah Lamptey is yeah. out as well. Um, it's, a pro- it's a problem, yeah, but it's, it's an unavoidable problem. Uh, we, we don't have the privilege of, of having the finances to be able to field a completely like strong second 11, uh, like some other clubs out there. And, and yeah, you look at the bench, uh, from from Saturday, and there's a few names on there which they're they're filling the numbers. Um, those players will never see the field this year. <laughs> um, I liked in CISO, but like you said, it was one of the only options you could bring on. The the, the flexibility you have with Pascal Gross being able to play f- ten different positions uh, makes this possible. And I was terrified. I was. We, we joked about Madrid, but if he's got one talent, he's bloody fast. And Pascal Gross is bloody slow. Uh, 
And I don't really remember, apart from maybe one run, any problem they had. He dealt with Madrid better than Veltman did because you remember Veltman got what carded fairly early on because he just like four minutes. Tackled. Yeah, because uh, he completely like got outpaced and duped around. Uh, and that's the benefit. I think we we now obviously go into the Man U game with a bit of a worry because we start to think about how do you play. We, we're basically now at the level where we can make this work because I'm Welbeck has, has come in and been great whenever he's had to had to play as a substitute or as a starter. We saw that obviously came when I got a goal. Um, gross at right back, I'm completely fine with. We've seen enough of that to show us that surprisingly, somehow, some way it works. Uh, anything else happens, you're screwed. <laughs> That's basically yeah, I mean, it. Yeah. Yeah, Pascal Gross takes a knock 10 minutes at the Wembley. Yeah, I mean, then you're starting to look at, <laughs> yeah, you're bringing on players you don't want to see play those positions. That's that's what ends up happening. Um, but the, the, the only fortunate situation we have is that Man U have got, I think all their defenders have just exploded. Yeah, um, even Phil Jones isn't available. Um, he's not available just because he's talentless. <laughs> that's why he's not available. Uh, yeah. Uh, so we'll have to see. Uh, and yeah, uh, Richard's asking in the chat, can you believe we need to let Gross go on a free in the summer? Uh, look, we're, there were signs last season. I think we were we were thrown off. Uh, I say we, uh, us as fans, but us as well on this, this podcast, there were large patches of last season where it looked like Pascal Gross had lost a step. Um, and he came good towards the end. And we started to think, oh, hold on, Pascal Gross has actually been branded out the season really nicely. But those long stretches of losing games under Potter, where it just felt like we, the whole team, quite frankly, couldn't do a damn thing. Pascal Gross was a bit front and centre. That got completely lost. And we talked at length with Solly March as well. There's some players that have been like Phoenixes uh, w- with this new managerial appointment. And so I was saying new because it's still new. Don't forget, it's not that long that Deservey's been at this club, uh, where players have had a, an absolute renaissance. At, at, even though they've already, we already sort of know what they are. And, and Pascal Gross is absolutely like leading the pack along with Solly Martin in that regard. We are uh, we're doing a horrible job of following the timeline of this game. I have uh, no idea what the game I'm was gonna, at this point. Yeah, but I, yeah, I'm just going to continue to go totally off piece. So, um, first of all, Pascal Gross, Richard, you've got to remember it was homesickness was a large part of that desire for him to want to leave Brighton. He wanted to go back to Germany. Whatever magic we did in the summer uh, wasn't so much a playing style one, right? It was an emotional one. We managed to figure that out. I don't know how we did it in hindsight. Obviously, 2020, thank God we did. At the end of the season, again, we were hopeful he would stay, but Adam was right. Like There was large stretches of last season where it, it was really poor. Do you ever see Brighton over Albion going through phases uh, of the sort of results that we got under Potter, under Deserby, with the style of football he plays? You know six what? Six defeats I, in a row. You, you know what I haven't seen yet? Oh, well, never say never. I don't want to see that. But <laughs> I, I've, I, I, what I don't see is I don't see a side that gives up uh, with this group, um, with this manager. And I certainly don't see them. I don't see the same level of sort of funk and resignation of a loss. Uh, we, we've talked about, we just talked about a little bit earlier about the fact that we can come back in games where we've gone a goal down or gone two goals down. There's also the fact that the games that we do lose at the moment, you still walk away and you go, you know what? I feel like we sort of deserve more from that. Um, there's been the odd game where you're just like, 
we were not at the races at all. And we saw that in the Carabao. Like we, we know those. So we're capable of those games. We've certainly not seen it at a level of frequency. I, it feels like there's a... I don't want to boil it completely down to man management and motivation, but Deserby's the kind of guy where you're like, he could probably say a couple of sentences to me and I'll, I'll have a go at running through a brick wall. Graham Potter could say a couple of sentences to me and I'd be like, that's fairly intelligent. Thanks, Graham. I'm not, it doesn't like, but it doesn't make me want to go above and beyond. Now there may be, this is bullshit, but that's, that's what I feel like. There's a slight difference there. And, and when you get into those two, three losses on the bounce, Graham Potter's not the guy that you sort of want to like rally you through that period. And I think Deserby can. Yeah, he, he, and I'm going to hate myself for saying it, but I may as well, like, he has that world-class aspect, doesn't he? Uh, and I hate saying it because I know that means he's not going to be a Brighton manager for a long time. He's not going to be a three or four year guy um uh, rumor mills already already circulating he was trending on twitter yesterday when juventus lost like it's it's, it's going to be quicker than we want although i will say i'm not too worried about him going back to italy uh because i'm not sure any italian club can afford what they're going to want for him um because none of them are in the best financial situation are they it doesn't matter to juventus they just go and get a big bag of money with a dollar symbol <laughs> on the side of it and then they find that somewhere behind a bank Yes, uh, <laughs> uh, but we'll see. Um, obviously, we're we're hopeful. I, I mean, I'm not too worried about keeping him over the summer. I think we'll definitely be all right. No, I mean, you said that uh, in press conferences when you were talking yeah. about that Matoma question and things like that. Like, he seems committed that to a, a project. Uh, he's also, he's like, uh, maybe again, we'll regret saying this, but, and I'm not saying Potter doesn't, and I know a lot of people would say he doesn't at this point, but Deserby's got integrity. And we saw that if you go back to when we first talked about him, he refused to take the job at, I forget the name of the club at this point, maybe it was Bologna, because um, mm. Mihailovic. I know who you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, Mihailovic was fired and he was going through, I think, like, cancer and things like that. And he refused to take his job um, in those circumstances. He was big proponent of making sure all his players at Shakhtar got out of the country uh, and made sure they were all set. Like this is a guy that's, he's fiery. He's going to get sent off. He's going to get in people's faces. He's going to be sitting in the stands. He's going to piss people off. He might fall out with, uh, you know, Paul Barber, Tony Bloom, but his heart is in the right place, as silly as it is to say. I don't see him pissing away a heritage at this at this club, I think as and when he does leave, my hope is it's done in the right way. That's my hope. Um, famous last words though. I I think he will, I think he will make every effort to make sure it's done in the right way. Um, yeah. And Tony always has. So I, I don't worry too much about it. Um, Danny Welbeck, obviously coming on for Ferguson. Uh, I know they like to rotate, especially with the absolute deluge of games we've just gone through, but we do have a full week's break now, more than a week, really, don't we? We have eight days, which is yeah. something we've not had for quite a while. So uh, I'm not too worried about Welbeck starting at Wembley. Obviously, he will, um, and he's had eight days of rest, so I'm not really too worried about the the hardness of the fixtures in the last couple of weeks. Uh, come Forest, that's going to be a little bit more worrying, I think, uh, depending on what that Wembley game looks like. Uh, both mentally and physically. Uh, but within three minutes, uh, Pascal Gross commits to a nice little dummy. Uh, and then 
because he's obviously such a natural left footer, whips in an absolute beautiful ball with his left foot uh, right onto the head uh, of Danny Welbeck, who is squished in between two Chelsea defenders, uh, who promptly pops it off the post and into the back of the net with about three minutes in the game and maybe a touch, two at most, uh, prior to scoring the goal. Um, Doesn't always score those kind of goals, does he? But yesterday, or rather Saturday, he stepped up and within three minutes... It was as if he'd been on there the whole time. It looked like he was perfectly happy and ready to go. Why is this how silly football is? Because prior to that point, we'd had like a a ton of opportunities. Ferguson had hit the bar. Uh, Then I think Ferguson even had that ball where where he got injured. You're like, the ball came in, great heading opportunity. I think Kepa pulled off a really decent save. And then the chance ends up now with Wilbeck on the pitch coming to him. And you think to yourself... I don't. I'd wish Ferguson was in this spot, and he does it anyway. So it's just Danny Welbeck's a weird one, isn't he? Because we know how many times we've all, you've all seen this. People listening and watching now, Danny Welbeck, it can be fairly invisible in some games, and then he can just come in and just be. He look like a world beater, and he's just. Who knows? I just hope we get the good. He's going to be motivated to play well against United, though, isn't he? So that's that's the hope. Took the words out of my mouth. Yeah, big time. Uh, it's going to be a. Big, big one for him at Wembley. Uh, big stage against Manchester United of all teams. Uh, I fancy Welbeck to whether he scores or not. I don't fancy him to have one of those invisible games at all uh, this this coming weekend. Um, yeah, we'd had sixty five percent possession, eleven shots, five on target by the time Welbeck scored. Well, um, we had. Well, I mean, that's that's that would have been a lot of shots uh, and shots on target for an average ninety minutes under Hutton and Potter prior. Right, like this is. This is why I don't think we'd ever see a six-game unbeaten run, a losing run. Uh, and I think Stephen in the chat mentioned it. Like we just, we just use, we just attack too much. Like everything is based on how we can get the ball forward. Even those passes around the back, like it's all based on if we do these four or five or six passes around the back, it means we can get it from the back to the front and kill them much quicker when the when the switch goes off, uh, as opposed to that kind of we'll pass it back and forward forward and back again we'll take our time we'll work it into the box like the the cutthroatness uh of those those attacking sequences i think is is a big one and that's and you've heard me go on these rants and sorry for everyone else about southgate singler i'm in to be fair i think he did make improvements in the last tournament compared to the previous but that's why deserby for me we're so lucky to have this brand of football uh, because it's exciting to watch and it's pragmatic in the sense that he's like, well, look, to beat you, we've got, we just got to score more than you. As opposed to, as you say, this idea of we're going to retain possession and slowly build up and work the ball into the box and hopefully eventually score a goal. And if you score one, that's really annoying for us. Like that's such, it's such a bland, like, uh, well, you've got the Spurs version of that, right? Which is we're going to sit back and we're just going to beat you on the counter attack and all our fans are just going to get salty because it's miserable to watch. Uh, the fact that we get to watch football that's good to watch and effective is just... I don't, we just we joked about Hewton. I mean, I, I wouldn't have expected that many shots under three games of Hewton's football. Um, as good as it was for you know keeping us in the the, the division, it, it wasn't exactly something you wanted to watch when we reached the, reached the Premier League. Um, 
Yeah, and and there were so many chances. We're, we're just we're putting numbers over the top of these, but these were good chances too. If you remember, one of them, Matoma took on like three people from the left hand side. It was incredible. It was such a would shame have been goal of the season it. for me. Yeah, it would have been. Well, there, there was one maybe scored a little bit later that probably could have pipped it. But yeah, incredible yeah, little run. Um, uh, McAllister had a couple gold and up. Mac Max shooting is just. Piss poor. I'm sorry. I think it was about. I think it was about two or three minutes in, wasn't it? Yeah, one, it was early on. But like Matoma, I think got the ball like run a plate for him, and he just like side foots it wide. Like he's for everything that he's done well. And I've I was reading a couple of things online earlier about this because obviously 24 hours, last 24 hours, a lot has come out about McAllister leaving in the summer. Lots of interest. His dad's been talking, I, and I don't think he's going to go. I don't think anyone's going to hold that against him. It's been done in the right way. Um, but I don't know what people are expecting at these other clubs when they get McAllister because it wasn't that long ago, no. 18 months ago, where I think we all were saying we don't really know, like, where's his best position? What's what's what is it? Can he do this? Can he do that? I think we're still in a weird spot where we're like, well, hold on, he played further up for Argentina, played pretty well, he's playing that role for us now, but he's, he can't shoot very well. Um, I prefer him playing deeper, but he probably is not going to be in that deep line playmaking role or a pivot role for another one of these bigger clubs. So like, then what player are you signing? It's a weird one. I, I don't know why I've gone off on a McAllister tangent, but the fact is we could have easily been up a couple of goals through Matoma and McAllister and Ferguson smacking the bar before Danny Warbeck even set foot on the pitch. Well, that's the problem, isn't it? Because I thought McAllister looked much better yes, uh, on Saturday when Enciso got subbed on and McAllister dropped back into that pivot role. Uh, mm-hmm. It looks like that's just what he was born to do. Um, but he he emphatically does not want to do that role. So I think if he's going to move to another club, and I, I agree, I think he will be. Uh, I suppose it's not an if, but when he moves to another club in the summer. Um, and like you said, like I no hard feelings about it. Uh, his dad's shopping him around pretty actively. I suspect he's doing a European tour himself uh, at the minute, talking to anyone he possibly can. Uh, I think he's got Romano tweeting once a week about it, sending him a text. Oh, yeah. He's please. getting a little cut, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you know what? That's fine. Because if you want to do the job for us and get all these bids together for us, you can do that if you'd like. Uh, yeah, get people all excited. You're doing, all you're doing is drumming up a bit of more that's going to get us more money. Um but I think if he go, when he goes, I think it will be part of his conditions, right? That he's going to be played in that 10 role at minimum, right? He's going to be playing behind the striker. He's going to play that attacking role. And it's going to sound mental because he's a World Cup winner and he's on our team sheet every week. And he should be. But like we can afford to lose him in that position. Uh yeah, I, yeah. I tell you what, I'll put I'll put it a slightly different way. I think losing McAllister and getting the money for him, I think we all walk away, we shake hands, and it's it's good. He's been a fantastic player over the last couple of years for us. The one that will kill me is Moises Caicedo, and I know we've not even got into this, but he. His level of play against Chelsea, and we've seen this a lot, was astronomical. He, he His best game is 10 times better than what McAllister is capable of. 
Uh, and I, I know that sounds like I'm exaggerating a little bit, but he is everywhere, absolutely everywhere. He reads everything perfectly, tracks down perfectly, gets in the tackle when needed, tracks back when needed, drives forward when needed. Uh, there's not a thing that he can't do in that role. Um, he is the one where it, it, it because prior to that point we had Basuma and we were always thinking with Caicedo remember this was a guy that used to play more attacking football he played the role that Mac now is playing further up the pitch um prior to coming to like he wanted he's an he was an attacking guy and he's been like a duck to water playing in that pivot role now and the the, the ability for us to go from a guy like Basuma who was uh, incredible to Kaseidu, who was he's been better for us, like that's absolutely obscene, uh, and that's the one where I did. But Billy Gilmore doesn't fill that gap for me. I'll be honest with you. <laughs> yeah, there is uh, there is no there is no replacement for Kaseido at this point. Um, you've got a whole wealth of very exciting attacking number tens. Uh, we've just seen one of them come on uh, on Saturday and score an absolute screamer. Uh, we've got Pornanote. We've got Sarmiento. Uh, we've got Pascal Gross. Ayari. An unbelievable job. We've got Ayari. Um, we we don't have a replacement for Kaiseido. Um, and for me, like, let's do the, the ideal business. There you go. The, the mini, mini wheat in the chat, who should we be targeting as a midfielder? Go get Basuma back and just put Basuma and Kaiseido in that middle of the park again and then allow Gross to move to 10. I didn't because like Gross is incredible. After the Spurs game, he was like, well, get in the big end. Yeah, he was. He was. Scumbag. But I can I can forgive him for it um, if he comes back. Uh, mini week. Why was Colwell left off this week? He's ineligible due to Chelsea, Chelsea. Venus Perry. Um, so we we couldn't play him even if we wanted to. Uh, half time. I mean, it was really good to score right before half time. Uh, there was a fair bit of injury time, but uh, it was really what what the doctor ordered. Um, and I think it was about ten minutes into the second half. Uh, Frank Lampard, masterclass, uh, four substitutions at the same time. Uh, off comes Pulisic, uh, Fofana, Fernandez, who got a standing ovation. Uh, that, is where the, <laughs> that is that is where the standards of Chelsea Football Club are. At. I couldn't are, believe that when they said that. I couldn't believe he didn't. He hadn't done it. <coughs> they are 1-1 at home to Brighton and Albion, who have just quite literally, if it was a... If it was a match, like a boxing match or an MMA match, like the, the ref would have called it off by this point. He would have waved it off. Like they're in no condition to continue. Uh, and Chelsea fans, yeah, standing ovation for Enzo Fernandez. Uh, Jao Felix, uh, Reese James, Zayek, and uh, Kovacic came on. Um, and I think it was about eight to 10 minutes later. Uh, Jao Felix, one of the laziest players I've ever seen. Uh, and was quite pivotal um, in the build-up to what is one of the best goals you'll see at any level of football from Brighton and Nova Albion, um, with Julio and Cizos, absolute thunder bastard of a strike. Um, but the amount of times they... I think we got the ball off of them, pressed them, we gave it away with a crap pass, didn't we, I think it was, and Solly March immediately then recovered his own crap pass uh, because Felix was just <laughs> dithering uh, twice. Um, and then eventually led up to the goal. wasn't wasn't the uh, the the impact I think that that Frank wanted from those four substitutes, um, and was exactly the impact you would hope for De Zerbi, Right, two substitutes come on early, force changes, not ones you'd want to have, uh, and both have now just contributed to the score sheet. Um, and the second one, 
I mean, what more can you say? I we have to thank our lucky stars here. We have to thank our lucky stars that Atletico allowed Joe Felix to go on loan to Chelsea, uh, charged them a fortune to do it. Uh, I think he earns over 250 grand a week, this guy. And he looked like, as you say, he looked like he was going for a bloody stroll um, and just pottering around the pitch. Didn't, he had had so many opportunities to close down like three different players in one moment. And he steady sort of just meandered out, hoping a teammate would make a challenge. And then he gets to like, do a little bit of a highlight reel run down the other side, other end of the pitch. Um, and pathetic, pathetic. But as you say, allowed NC. So, and and I don't know if you guys watched when we signed NC. So, I think we were all like, who is this guy for the most part? Um, but when you did watch the highlight reels of him playing, this kid has never been shy to take a punt from nowhere and I think if you looked at a lot of his goals the statistics I don't have them to hand of his goals that he was scoring from far out and outside the box in uh, you know over in was it the Paraguayan league wasn't he in um was was high and I'm watching it back as I'm talking now and he was always going to hit that ball as soon as he received it and there wasn't anyone closing down he was going to hit that ball and no one saves it. And I think he, his celebration was like 15 minutes. It was like a fortnight in moat contest, wasn't it? Like, <laughs> um, it, I mean, we've seen it once already just a few weeks ago, right? And Cizo saw saw his opportunity against West Ham and almost scored an absolute monster there as well. But it was a superb save uh, by the West Ham keeper. But I think this one was just hit with a little bit more venom and slightly more postage stamp-esque um, and it it wasn't saveable. Uh, and Kepa does love conceding a long shot as well, to be fair. Yes, he does. That helps. Uh, but yeah, I mean, what a call, just unbelievable. Like, it's, there's not often where like, I just like scream. Like, oh yeah. Like there's plenty of times like last minute winners where I'll like lose my mind and stuff. But this one was just like, Oh my goodness, like did that just take place? Uh and the subs, I don't know if you saw the video of the subs as well. They're like all just stood on the sideline, like mind blown, and then immediately go running over to celebrate with him. Um and he yeah, like you say, his celebration, he's up on the, the boards, isn't he, for a little bit, and then he's doing about eight different celebrations. He's just like FIFA spamming. Like yeah, he is. that's where that's one of the ones where I just put pause and quit. <laughs> and uh, and Chelsea almost did really, uh, but much, much much earlier than that. Um, and from then on, it it felt a little bit more attack versus defense. Deserbius came out and said he was really unhappy uh, with the way the team responded after the second goal. Um, and for that next you know ten fifteen minutes, it, it looked worrying, didn't it? It looked like we might go on to concede an equalizer. Um, to our credit. Throughout the entirety of stoppage time, we nipped that in the bud. It felt like we'd kind of let them, they'd finished. They'd basically given everything they could uh, and we took control of the ball again. Um, I think that last like six minutes of injury time, I think we had like 60% of the ball. And before that, we were we were really under it uh, for that last 10, 15 minutes. Um, unusual, isn't it? Feels like you don't often see that from a deserving side. Yeah, this is the only worry with the way 
I guess a part of it comes down to when you're away from home and you got a, you, you're on the verge of a victory against a a, a better side on paper. Uh, you, the, the, they clammed up a little bit. No, like we need to sit on this. We need to solidify. And, and the irony being is that doing that defeats the whole purpose of the style of play. Like if you kept playing the same way, um, you're in a better spot. But uh, you know, to to Chelsea's credit. They, they they made it difficult. That they, they they moved finally. It was like they were like, oh, okay, we've got ten minutes left. Should we try and do something? And they did push high up and press. And we don't know if you noticed, but we just couldn't get the ball out. Um, and we didn't have the right. That's where you love Ferguson to still be on the pitch. No one could could have play away from goal. The ball kept coming into someone like Nciso. Just doesn't have the strength to hold off. Uh, someone else and he couldn't he couldn't get a turn through and then the ball just kept coming back and coming back and coming back um i'm uh, my hope being is that we're not in a similar position against manu uh at wembley uh, i think this side is a side that needs to continue if you're two one up you've got to go for three one uh and then more and more and more as silly as that sounds but that's how this system works it's vulnerable to conceding sitting back yeah, it is. Um, and I, I don't think we'll see it at Wembley, to be fair. Um, I think there's always a risk everywhere, really. But I, after watching United yesterday against Forest, they quite comfortably dispatched of them. Um, mm. But first of all, I feel like I've considered Forest a really tough place to go uh, because they were. They were. It's changed. It was shocking, hasn't it? Like, I don't think they've won <clears throat> or got any good result at home since like Christmas. Um, it's been really, really bad for them. Um, they've been really, really poor. Uh, and Mikey in the chat <coughs> saying Fernandez, Fafana, and Sterling all left at the same time. Uh, yeah, that that four man substitution was. Uh, I know the price of football posted about it as well, which got a lot of retweets. Uh, it was the most expensive substitution in history. It was basically three hundred million pounds worth of transfer fees. Um, <laughs> That was, I think, what quadruple what the starting eleven of Brighton's team were um, on on Saturday. If that doesn't really just summarise the the direction these two teams are going in, I mean, it was poor. It was really poor. Yeah, I um. Well, hold on, I don't want to ruin it. Are we going to talk man of the match here? Yeah, we are. Yeah, All just right. standouts really as well. Um, I'll start with. I'll start with just jumping on what you were saying ages ago uh, at the start of the podcast. I was really impressed with Sanchez's distribution yesterday too. Um, I think he's definitely took the feedback that Deserbi has given him to heart uh, because the passes he was playing out yesterday were not Sanchez passes at all. They were not the Sanchez of old passes from a few weeks ago. They were much better, like much, much better. Um, there was less stupidity there. There was less like erraticness there. He, there was a few times where he had the ball and he could have like pinged it to someone around, but like he just went for the really easy short ball. And like, that's not something we've seen Sanchez do a lot in the last couple of months. Um, so I thought it was really, I thought he was, the distribution was, was really impressive. Um, I know we've covered Caicedo and a couple of others. So let's move on to man of the match. Who you got for your, uh, your man of the match? <sighs> Caicedo. Um, uh, still a couple of stats here. Uh, only player that ranks in the top five for each of the following stats in the Premier League this season. Duels one, 
tackles made second, interceptions. Uh, and a stat from the Chelsea game, number of tackles. Uh, Moises Caicedo, nine tackles against Chelsea. Um, Mateo Kovacic, Denis Zakaria, Enzo Fernandez, who got a standing ovation, Conor Gallagher and Mason Mapp combined had two. Um, yeah, he's, he's, he's unbelievable. Uh, I know I just wax lyrical about him, but he's unbelievable. Shout out to Matoma, who could frankly could have got, should have got an assist, should have got a goal and continues to just be, I don't know. We're so, we're so lucky to have, I say lucky, likes the wrong word, privileged to be able to watch those two players in the team. Um, but it's Kaiseido for me. He's a man of the match. I mean, yeah, it's boring because I like to be able to mix it up, but I agree. Uh, I mean, just adding on to that, 83 touches on Saturday, second most in the team. Only Donkey had more. Um, he had a 92% pass accuracy. That's significantly more than anyone else in the team. I think the next best was 89% with Mitoma. Um, it's just, he's just unbelievable, isn't he? Um, yeah, well, don't get to, don't forget Danny Welbeck, ninety four percent pass accuracy with six shots. Not bad for coming on halfway through the game. No, it really wasn't. Not really bad wasn't. at all. Um, yeah, no, I mean, because the guys don't for me as well. Uh, everything that you just said pretty much sums it up. Um, Manchester United next. Uh, obviously, it's a cup game, so we have a little bit of a break from the league, ten days or so. Um, but the league is is shaping up to be quite an interesting one. Uh, we are five points clear from Liverpool now, uh, who played Liverpool, uh, who played Leeds tonight. Uh, that result could go either way, honestly, with those two teams. Um, Spurs are on a massive downward trajectory. Um, Newcastle have just been turned over comfortably by an unbelievably resurgent Aston Villa who are now sitting in sixth. Yeah, ridiculous form. Ridiculous form. Last game of the season away at Villa uh, is not not one we want to be relying on. Ollie Watkins looks like bloody, uh, you know, value brand Haaland right now. It's, uh, yeah, I just talk about managers changing things. Unai Emery, Wow. Very, very, very impressive. It wasn't that long ago where Villa was sort of, you were just like, you didn't think about Villa. You weren't thinking about Villa. Turns out um, maybe the storied central midfielders of Premier League bygones in Steven Gerrard and Frank Lampard haven't yet cracked the managerial game just yet because, uh, I mean, they're terrible. Uh, and think, think how bad Gerard's been to see what actually happens to that team when a real manager comes in. That you cannot have a bigger indictment on Stephen Gerard's managerial capabilities than what Emery's been able to do. It's the same bloody team. Yeah, um, and who knew in, in, a, in a similar vein of, of thinking that spending millions upon millions upon millions of pounds on players and then actually getting a capable manager would get results for them um, because Villa has spent a metric shit ton of money on this team. Um, even on players that don't even get to play, like Coutinho half the time is like absent and they're spending more than pretty much any player in our team's transfer fee a week. Um, it's it's not a surprise uh, in some ways under Emery, but they are their form is unbelievable. They've won seven and drawn one in their last eight. Uh, that's City and Arsenal levels of form. Yeah, it's a disgrace. <laughs> um, uh, and they've, it's not like they've had a, who have they played as well? Um, 
smashed Newcastle, smashed Forest, well, Leicester was easy, smashed Chelsea, that's a piece of piss, isn't it? Bournemouth, beat Bournemouth 3-0. Yeah, I mean, it has been has been a fortunate run. Who have they got coming up? Because maybe this turns a little bit for them. Brentford away, Fulham at home, Man U away. Oh, and they've got a tough run in. Their last three games are Spurs, Liverpool and us. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I say it's tough. Spurs, Liverpool. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what that means anymore. What does that mean? Spurs, it, Liverpool. Yeah, no, it's yeah. name brand stuff these days. Said yes. Uh, <laughs> all right. FA Cup time. Um, so we well, can I just make one point? Because Mikey did say yeah. this in the chat. Now, I do want to come back to it. Matt, he gave the man a match to our, our physios having to bring the players off the pitch. Can we talk about what the hell are those two physio medic guys? They're, it was, they're comically hench. Well, the I think it's Adam Brett, isn't it? The white lad. He's always been, like he's been around for quite a long time and he's always been massive. But it feels like he's like eaten another physio at this point. Uh, it's <laughs> like, the, uh, honestly it, it was uh, i thought i didn't know whether like we've brought on a couple of like wwe wrestlers as a like a little <laughs> thing as a sideshow i couldn't <laughs> they don't need the stretcher they can just pick ferguson up and just like carry him off <laughs> like yeah unbelievable i'm trying to see who the uh because i know i'm pretty sure it's adam brett that's the uh who and the i don't see any of it yeah yeah who the black lad is because that, i knew the hench white guy has been there for a while but the hench black guy <laughs> they, they were i don't know where he came from like they just like he just multiplied and, like, he's because he's massive they both look like they could break other human beings very easily um, Which is I'm, gl- I'm glad they're on our team job choice yeah true well they give a real good deep tissue massage i would hazard a guess oh, i'll tell you what imagine? if we if vicente was still here he would have probably played about 30 more games for us uh, he would have played every guys. game. Yeah, he would never have had excuse. And oh, I can't, guys. I can't. I'm not feeling good. Well, we'll get these two lads on the coast. Don't worry about it, mate. We'll get that strain out. Yeah. <laughs> that would... Uh, that, the poor, poor Vicente would never play a game just because his body would be broken. To be fair, it. they'd probably break his tibia or something just by doing the, you know... Yeah. Fragile. Yeah. Mikey says uh, that they've eaten Tarek Lamptey. I, I don't, I've not De seen Zerby did, hair, Tarek. Deserby yeah. did say that it was a difficult situation for Tarek. Maybe that is it. They're waiting for one of them to poop him out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I hope, I, you know, I, I did, I, who knows what's going to happen with Lamptey and injuries, but I, it'd be interesting to see. What, it's nice to see Moda back at training. I know you mentioned this. Lallana too. But yeah, I completely forgot Lallana was on this team. Um, because he was they expected Lallana him to was, be out for the rest of the season. He well, was he training. was also really good before the injury. Let's not forget that. Um, that would be awesome timing if we can get him back. I, I still remains to be seen what on earth Moda is capable of doing after that big boy injury. Um, yep. We don't know what player we get back because remember this guy, he was looking really good. He, he was, we've been so, un, how unlucky have we been? Like it, despite, and this, uh, okay, this isn't a rant. I'll be quick, but like, <laughs> We've talked. We talked about overcoming the odds of all of the Chelsea ridiculousness and the fact that we've just, you know, done the double over them. We're looking way better than them. We're on this pathway to doing something absolutely historical. It's an overused term, but this is historically impressive, amazing what we could accomplish here. Let's not forget Jakob Moda destroyed, broken, uh, and our 
was, was he is he still our biggest signing of all time who nearly died of a heart uh he is our record signing yeah Mwepu. yep like central midfield gutted <coughs> and we still got the conveyor belt working like we're a club that's just not not spending anything like the vast majority of the others have got. we should we should be in a relegation scrap everyone's gone devastating long-term injuries to top tier players like we we should be nowhere near doing what we're doing. It's uh, it's absolutely remarkable. I can't. I, I, I know I've said it a lot, but I also feel like it deserves more saying because we're we're now talking about games and people in the chat are talking about. You know what? Yeah, we could. I think I think we'll see off Man United. Think about what we're saying here. Like it's it, I and I sort of agree with you. Like I do think like we can outplay Man United. We should not be able to say that. We shouldn't be able to say that. We should be talking about the fact that can we deal with Bournemouth's new run of rich form, are we going to be able to scrape 16th? That's what we should be saying. Yeah, I mean, that's where we are on the wage table, right? And generally, the wage table comfortably marries up to where teams finish, roughly. There are there about two or three places apart. Uh, but as Mikey also said in the chat, like Brighton and Brentford are both taking the absolute piss out of those, those metrics. Uh, and we're just taking a crap all over them because they're just it just doesn't work for us. We're just going to do something a little bit different uh, and turn the entire league on its head. Um, it is interesting, though, that Brentford aren't getting absolutely wrecked by transfers as much as us, isn't it? I wonder why that is when they've got Ivan Tony of all players. I'm not sure it'd be very well sought after anymore after what's going on, but it is odd, isn't it? Yeah, if it wasn't for the gambling stuff, I think you'd have every top team trying to poach... Tony, uh, especially after what he's done in the last few months. Uh, now he's, you know, had an England shirt on as well. He, he ticks all the boxes for a homegrown player, striker, right kind of like mould of everything. Uh, if he wasn't potentially going to be in a jail cell, uh, I think he's, you know, got a hundred million <laughs> price tag on him. Yeah, Maybe he still does. Who knows? Um, it'll be an interesting summer for him in general, just him and his career, I think. Because when he goes, uh, if Brentford aren't going to get a big fo- big fee for him, their trajectory looks a lot different, doesn't it? Because you, you rely on that conveyor belt to be able to churn out profit at the same time as bringing in young players. Same from Wepu, right? You lose Wepu. And, uh, but Moda... I, you know, people have pretty much forgotten about him prior to him coming back to training, but he was also a player that we had no idea what his best position was because Potter no. tried him in about four different ones. Played left-back for a few games, didn't he? Yeah, try, and Potter tried him for a bunch of ones. I think Poland tried him in two or three different positions, and he excelled for Poland in every single spot he played in. Um, it's going to be really interesting over the summer to see what Deserbi wants from Jakob Moda um, and whether he decides that actually he's... He's the McAllister replacement, and we don't need to go out and sign a bunch of more, like bunch of more players for that area of the pitch uh, because we've just kind of signed a new player in and of himself uh, if he recovers in a way that we want him to, um, and then is is available in that position. Yeah, I, <coughs> I don't know. It's it, the, the fact that I know people are joking about how it sees those come on, and people are like, "What is how Brighton just?" created this play. We'd never heard of this guy and he comes on and scores that goal. How are they doing this? You mentioned Brentford. Two of the 
outside of Harland, who are, you can't include in any data statistics or anything because it just skews it. It's like an anomaly on a chart. Um, two of the best strikers in the Premier League this year have been now Ivan Tony and Ollie Watkins. <laughs> which uh, Brentford's yeah fair play uh, of course we bought the Duff one in my pay but what are you going to do 3 out of 10 rated he finally got a start for Everton the other day they he was really 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 bad I think turns out Neil Mopay was not wasn't the guy I'll never forget that goal against Palace though never forget that goal so. it's true it's true and also just because there are some people on Twitter that were very rude to me a year and a half ago about strikers. And I said Ollie Watkins was one of those strikers that we should have got instead of Mope. And I was told he was absolutely useless and a donkey and we should never have signed him. This is why we should have signed him because he had this all along. He just played under an absolute clown. It's Steven <laughs> Gerrard. Like anybody who watched him who knows ball knew Ollie Watkins can play. So I'm calling you out, people on Twitter. You don't know ball. I'm mad enough. Can I? Get him. I, I, I just want to. I want to go. I want to go very quickly back because I, I know we're going to talk about FA Cup. Where we keep we keep digressing, but let me just let me just tell you this time last year. So yesterday, uh, the sixteenth. But so the sixteenth of twenty twenty two, we played. We beat Spurs um, away from home one 0 Our team that day. Leandro Trossard last minute. There you go. Good. How do you remember this stuff? Um, we had Sanchez in goal, who, who outside of an injury, no longer starts for us. We played three at the back. Kukurea was our left centre back, obviously gone. Trossard was playing, gone. Basuma was start, starting, gone. Uh, Lamptey was starting, who knows? Mwepu was starting, gone. Uh, Mope was on the bench, but was would would end up. I think this was the time period where he was dropped for a little bit. Um, this uh, Grandpa was the manager. All of the backroom staff were there. I think Ashworth was still knocking about at this point. Um, yeah, I think he'd just. I think he'd agreed to go. No, he hadn't. Yes, he had. He'd agreed to go in the summer, hadn't he? He was on gardening leave, maybe. Well, there you go. And so, and you, so everyone on the, everyone on the like bench the coaches all this stuff all all different in a year this has been like completely evolved like completely evolved Solly March only came off the bench in the 82nd minute he wasn't getting the game time um like this is like absurd absurd level of transition that has happened in 12 months. Cause I'm thinking back to this, like you remember it way better than I do, but I look at this now, that's an unrecognizable team. We're playing a completely yep. different set of tactics. The entire club was different. Maybe we still had that, the, the one gigantic physio. Uh, well, yes. Well, I think you know, we did. Yeah. He, he was there. He's the only consistent, maybe he's the key to all of it. We keep saying Tony blue. Maybe it's that lad. Um, I, I just can't, I cannot fathom because you look at the Spurs team, it's the same bloody players and it, it feels like it as well, but it's the same team almost down to every single starter. And ours is an absolutely different squad. It's mad really, isn't it? I think, I think the only reason he didn't go is there's no way Bowley could have filled his meal plan. No way. <laughs> no way. 
There's a, there's a limit. Is I've got a lot of money, mate, but I cannot afford that much whey protein. I cannot, I just can't. I cannot do it. We I'd don't have, have to... the room for it. No, no. We're in London. We don't have the space to be able to just dump this all in a university next door. Like, we just don't. We, we don't have it. I'm sorry. Um, you're just going to have to stay where you are. Uh, uh, but it is FA, FA Cup semi-final weekend coming up. Uh, it's a special one because it's only our sixth, I believe, trip to Wembley in our history. Um, never won there. Drawn one, lost five. Uh, the one draw, I believe, was against Manchester United because I think that was the FA Cup 1983, right? The backpacks took them to a replay in an FA Cup final, which sounds like an absolute sin at this point. Yeah, you can't. Uh, just disgusting. Um, <clears throat> it's not even worth talking about winning the FA Cup or talking about the final because we're going to be playing Manchester City. Uh, and they're a different animal in and of themselves. I understand that it's basically just like a one-off free hit at that point. Um, but we're aware of who Manchester City are and what they present to us. So in a vacuum, Manchester United this weekend, good opportunity to get that losing streak essentially off our backs at Wembley. Um, and I don't think I've ever felt more confident in my entire life that we would go and play Manchester United on a big stage and beat them. Have you? Um, me, n- no, not on a big stage. Because I think you could argue when we played them earlier in the season, you were like, this, this side is a disgrace. Uh, That's it was. true. Yeah. It, it was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, I'm a, in a situation like this where the, you know, this, I say the stakes are high, but frankly, they aren't. Like we've, we've already gone above and beyond. If you're able to beat Man U here and get to the final, you've already won it. You can't, I know there's like, uh, you know, you can't play it on paper. Any team against any team, 90 minutes, anything can happen. It can't. This City team's a cheat code. It, it's not fair right now. Uh, it's sure, I could I could have egg on my face for that, but I'd enjoy it because we'll have won and, and that would be incredible. But City aren't fair. So getting to a final against City is winning the competition in my mind for us. Um, can we be, can we beat Man United? Absolutely. Absolutely we can. There's no question about it. And in fact, I'll be disappointed if we don't come out of this game looking like we either could have won or won. Um, is there going to be... I just... You know what I don't want? I just don't want bullshit. I don't want the stupid controversy. That's what I don't want. Isn't Anything else. That that's where we're at because I feel the exact same way. Like, I just, if we go there and we lose and we lose because they played better than we did or they or we lose because it, it went to penalties, right? Like anything, whatever. Like, okay, like that's shit, but we lost. Like, just don't let it be this way again. Like, please. Like, don't, especially on such a big occasion. Like, just don't do it. Just let us play the game. I'd rather have no refs. Don't have any refs. <laughs> just... <laughs> Just have it. Just, just let the let the game manage itself, and just let them do what they need to do, because you're going to ruin it for us. Yeah, I, I, let's just hope. We, I, I, I don't hold out much hope that that will be the case. By the way, I fully anticipate some tomfoolery that occurs, um, and that's a nice way of describing it. But can we, especially with the fact that this, so this team, I think they'll have their. What's annoying is I believe they they've they Ericsson played, right? Just this yep. last game. And he is Because Sabitza was uh, injured in the warm-up. Sabitza was injured. Now they don't have Martinez and they don't have Ferran. The drop-off after those two is 
significant. So, you know, if you, if you want to see Kat, what can Danny Welbeck do against his old team, it's, I mean, it's going to be Lindelof and Harry Maguire, right? Yeah, um, absolutely. No, 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 no. Maguire's suspended. That's right. Who the hell are they going to play? I was going to say Luke Shaw, but he's hurt too. Oh, could be. Could, this could be saucy. I uh, don't know. Casemiro, put Casemiro back there. Is it, Rashford might still be out. Yeah, I mean, he wasn't on the bench, was he? He might still be out. Uh, I think Garnacho is definitely still out. I mean, um, you look at that, but, and they've still got to go to Seville. <laughs> yeah, they've got to go to Seville, yeah. And it's uh, not like a cut and paste like rubbish game like they're 2-2 two, two. like they, yeah, yeah. Hell of a comeback they, can't, they can't go in there and half ass it though is what I mean like they're not 3-0 down and like the fans will be like that shit but fine if we rest our players like no like they're 2-2 two, two. they'll be expected to be playing a strong side like United fans will expect that can I just say because Mikey did put this in the chat saying Maguire suspended sadly due to the consecutive yellow cards. Uh, I've I haven't laughed as much as I have in quite a long time in that smash off his head goal. I uh, that was it was it was the severe game right? Yeah, because it was him and Malassi, I think back to back on goal. That was tremendous, like tremendous. Um, yeah. Anyway. But uh, it looks like I think Garnacho looks like Garnacho's back in training, announced as of literally three hours ago. Um, I'm trying to see if there's any other like news of who they might line up. We're, we're too early in the week to necessarily know. But point being is that Wednesday we'll hear from his conference and like, but like yeah. everything changes after Wednesday because they play Thursday. So if they get three more people get hurt. None of what he's just said on Wednesday makes any difference. Yeah, like we matter, we really it? do have to we really do have to wait until Friday, Saturday, really, to know what United side could show up. Yeah, it's gonna it will be an interesting game, especially the way in which they've uh, they're such a. Uh, I still don't really know how to assess Man United. I really I don't understand what they are as a football team still. And they've shown signs when you think, oh, hold on, I think he's maybe he's figured them out. Maybe Ten Hag's got got this situation together. And then they turn around and, you know, comfortably f- toss away a two-goal lead against Sevilla, for example. Um, get battered by, you know, Newcastle not that long ago, who now look terrible. Um, it's weird. I, 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 I am not scared of a lot of their players famous last words but I'm not scared I, I do I, I tell you who I think is one of the worst signings in recent memory in the Premier League Anthony crap isn't he doesn't look he great. looks utterly awful now could he Although he, did, he did get a goal and assist against Forrest to be fair so. I, I think but even then like, could, even then based on how Forrest are playing right now he's such yeah, a he's right. such a one trick pony all he can do is like have a little murk and then cut in on his left. And that's He's it. So one footed. So, so one footed. So I'm hoping we just we just do what Deserbi keeps doing with this team. It's not like we're going to reinvent the wheel in this game. I really I really hope Deserbi doesn't take any pep inspiration and try and overthink it and do something weird. Just play the same game. Like we could be this man you team. I I don't think he will either. I've good for I have faith in Deserbi not fucking around. Like I think he'll he knows what he's gonna do. Um I think we're about done. Um, if you are, uh, I will be in Box Park at Wembley 
the day of, and obviously in the stadium as <laughs> when the game kicked off. Uh, I'll figure out what I'm going to wear and tell people, uh, and I'll have a little mini mic with me, uh, and we can have a little chat, and I'll record a bunch of conversation with people, uh, and I will upload that probably as a separate episode um, to the Wembley one. Uh, I suspect Adam and Craig will take day of podcast recording, uh, and then a couple of days later, I will throw together our Boots on Ground podcast day of, uh, which will probably be listened to by nobody if we lose, uh, <laughs> and by loads of people if we win. Uh, so that would be a uh, your mileage may vary bonus pod that you may or may not want to listen to based on how the game goes. Um, but yeah, I'll try and get a bunch of content for us there. Uh, and would love to chat to anybody really uh, who's fortunate enough to go and also fortunate enough to get box park tickets because that was not easy. Uh, I've seen military operations uh, less organized than the one that some of my friends did to get box park tickets. So uh, uh, I will see whoever's there. there. Um, do you have anything else to add? Long break really now feels like. I know we're about two days into the break already, but it's nice to have a week off. Uh, get the players rested up for for what is a pretty big one, uh, and then a trip up to Forest. So, I am just thrilled that, uh, man, you have to play a game in Spain. Like, what is that? The twentieth, right? That's the yeah, Thursday that's, they yeah. have to play that's to play on the Thursday and then play on the Sunday. I'm surprised they didn't move that. <coughs> like that's that's, that. that's what they did. That's as far as they could move it. Yeah, Sunday. It's crazy though, isn't it? I'm, I'm th- that is if everything is in our f- favor in terms of like some of the injuries they picked up to their central defense, which was already shaky prior to this point. They've got to go on this trip. Like I, I we've got to have high hopes here. I think you're right. There's never been a, a better time to play them on the big stage than there is right now. Yeah, agreed. Well said. Uh, so we will be back next week uh, with all things Wembley. Um, this week. This we week. Will- this week, yeah, this week with all things Wembley. Um, so expect just like a shit ton of content uh, in the next like in like eight days from now. You'll have loads of it, um, and we will uh, we'll speak again soon. And of course, we've got the midweek game against Forest right afterwards, which I'll also be at. Uh, so I don't know where we're going to go with recording those. Um, so we'll see. Uh, oh, but I have I've got one more thing to add. Uh, listen, we're we're ending this like the end of Lord of the Rings, where it's really, like, it should have ended fifteen times. The, uh, the, they did announce obviously Brighton in the US in the summer summer yes. series or whatever they're branding it uh, I, I'll be that game in New Jersey is like 20 minutes from my house so I'll um, I'll be there if we've got any people in the US listening right now or anyone from the UK that's coming out love to meet up with you I know Stateside Seagulls are probably going to do meetups at all of these things so it'll be great to actually see the Albion I think it's against Newcastle they're playing at Red Bull Arena in New Jersey. I think that's the game. Uh, yeah, I don't know who's... I know Brentford is Atlanta, so you've got to think... Yeah, and Chelsea, Chelsea is Brentford. Philadelphia, I think, and then Newcastle, yeah. New Jersey. Yeah, so yeah, that's that. Anyway. Perfect. All right, everybody, have a wonderful week uh, and enjoy this weekend, uh, regardless of what the result is, because these don't come around often. Six times in 125 years or something like that. So, uh, yeah, enjoy it. It doesn't happen often. Win, lose, or draw. Well, I suppose you can't draw. But uh, have a good weekend. (laughs) Cheers, all. Have a good one.